listeners. My name is Navina Chitaniti, and I am a second-year medical student at New York Medical College. My name is Jason Aviga. I'm a fourth-year medical student at NYU. Hey, everyone. My name is Angela Rutkowski. Hello. My name is Abigail Houchin. My name is Carolina Alcantara Hirsch. And I am here to share some insight on my medical journey. And if I had to give a TED Talk to an audience of pre-med students... One habit that definitely optimized my productivity and... And there are two main things. The first thing. Good morning, travelers, pre-med students, and undergraduates. Welcome to Doctors Inn. This is where medical experiences are shared, study strategies are examined, and life lessons with a sprinkle of advice and habits are served. Hello, everyone. For episode 10, we decided to go big and invited 10 medical students to come and talk to you about their journey through medicine so far. I think you know where this is going, as we have done something similar in the past for episode 0, where we feature 10 doctors. It kind of kickstarted this whole thing. Now, with the same concept in mind, we asked our lovely medical students three questions. The first question was, if you had to give a TED Talk to an audience of pre-med students about your journey through medical school, what would the lecture be about? For a second question, we asked, what is one habit that optimized your productivity and led to your success so far in medical school? And our third and final question was, what is a unique feature your medical school has to support their students and you would feel would be a great addition to other medical schools? Our featured medical students are multifaceted in their interests, locations. Actually, as a side note, you will see that some students even go outside the United States and some are in the U.S. as international students. I mean, the experiences and advice could not be more diverse and valuable. So without further ado, let's welcome our first guest. Hey, everyone. My name is Angela Rutkowski, and I'm an incoming second year medical student at my dream program, Rush Medical College in Chicago. If I had to give a TED Talk to an audience of pre-med students about my journey through medical school, the lecture would be about embracing that the current moment you are in was once a moment that you dreamed of. So I just would like to read a quote before I get started. So here it goes. Doctors spend a lot of time focused on the future, planning it, working toward it. But at some point, you start to realize your life is happening now. Not after med school, not after residency, right now. This is it. It's here. Blink and you'll miss it. So let me just dive deeper into this. As pre-meds, we are so used to being focused on what's next. In undergrad, as a pre-med, I couldn't wait until I graduated. When I graduated, I couldn't wait until I started medical school. As an M1, I kept saying, I can't wait for clinical rotations. M3 year, every time someone asked me how M1 was going. Once I'm an M3, I will probably keep saying that I can't wait for residency. (laughs) But we need to realize that we will never get to relive these days. Once we are a physician and the decades into our career pass, we will look back and think, wow, I wish I could just relive my gap year. Or wow, I wish I could relive med school again. And we won't be able to. It doesn't mean that we can't be excited for the future. Just we can't let it consume us. This is something that I started thinking about every single day and it's brought me so much happiness with the current moment. One habit that optimized my productivity and led to my success so far in med school was figuring out which hours of the day I have the most energy. For me, that meant adjusting my schedule to wake up much earlier so that I could have a long and productive morning 
and then unwind at the end of the day when my focus dropped. I also make a general plan for each day the night before so that I can just wake up and start getting it done rather than stressing about where to even start. And then one last thing I want to tell you guys is a unique feature that my med school has that supports their students, and it's a program called Explore. Each semester, we get to fill out this extensive form of questions ranging from our interests to what exactly we are looking for, what we want to gain, what kinds of qualities we want in a mentor. We then get paired with a physician based on the responses that we provided. Not only does this guarantee mentorship within the given fields, but we also get early exposure to the clinical setting by taking a full patient history, practicing physical exam skills, shadowing the physician, and even scrubbing into the OR and assisting with surgery. I'm not kidding, guys. I was paired with an Explore mentor, and I literally got to shadow, scrub in, and assist with surgery. It was one of the best days ever. And I don't have to wait until third-year rotations to get to do these kinds of things. And that's one way that my program is very unique compared to other programs. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck with your journey. You're going to get to where you need to be. Just trust that. Work hard. And I'm here if you ever need anything. Bye. To smelling the roses and not letting our future consume us. Hear, hear. If you'd like to see the realest glimpse of life in and out of med school, you can follow Angela at... Angela Rutko Med on Instagram. That's Angela R-U-T-K-O-M-E-D. Up next, we have Abigail who recently started her medical school journey. Hello, my name is Abigail Houchin and I am a first-year medical student at Oklahoma State University College of Osteopathic Medicine. So I was asked to come on here and just kind of talk to the pre-med community um, a little bit about my experience starting medical school because I am just a first year, um, kind of how I prepared, what I expected. You know, I was really, really nervous and anxious to start school, to start my first day of classes. I really didn't know what to expect. And honestly, the best advice I can give for that is realizing that it's perfectly normal to have those feelings. It's perfectly normal to feel nervous, anxious, nauseous, stressed. I mean, I had all of the emotions going into my first day. But to prepare for that, I I talked to a lot of the students in the years above me and just asked them um, ways that I could prepare for the first day. And, and they really said to me, you know, don't focus too much on school leading up to your first day. Try to relax. Try to do things that you enjoy because essentially you're about to start four years of, of a lot of hard work. For first starting medical school, like the summer before especially, I know a lot of people want to try to study anatomy and, and review and make sure they're prepared. You're going to have plenty of time for that. So it's really important to take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, do the things that you enjoy because a lot of those things you're not going to be able to do during school. So it's important that you really get to do those things leading up to it. And then another thing I wanted to talk about, um, a habit that optimized my productivity and led to my success so far in medical school is setting my priorities straight, really. And that seems simple, but there are some things that I just am not willing to give up for medicine. And, and that is, for me personally, it's working out and getting enough sleep. Those are two things that are extremely important to me and that I know will help me be successful. So I think just recognizing your priorities, recognizing the things that um, mean a lot to you and the things that you don't want to compromise on 
is really going to be helpful. So when I plan my day for studying, I always block out about an hour of time for working out. And I always make sure that I'm at least going to get about six to seven hours of sleep a night. The last thing I would say is just like one piece of advice that I got that was that's been really helpful is just don't compare yourself. Everyone's on their own path. Pre-meds, you're all on your own path. Med students, we're all on our own path. I had to take two gap years because I didn't get accepted the first time that I applied. And you know, that's okay. I had a great time during those gap years. There's some people that go straight into medicine and that's great too. But just realize that you're on your own path. You're here for a reason. You're gonna make it, you will resilience and hard work go a long way, go so much further than anything else. So you can do this. Um, Just keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on what you're wanting to do and you will be great. Thank you. It's great to have someone talk about personal health. If you want more advice on study strategies, application review and other perks, you can follow Abigail on Instagram at studentdr.houcchin. Next, we have two students, Carolina and Jason from NYU Medical School. Hi, everyone. It is an honor to have been invited to this episode of Doctors in Podcast. My name is Carolina Alcantara Hirsch. I'm Puerto Rican, and I'm an international medical graduate from Pontificia Universidad Católica, Madre y Maestra in Santiago, Dominican Republic. I'm currently a postdoctoral fellow at NYU working in pancreatic cancer research. If I had to give a TED Talk to an audience of pre-med students, I would talk about the benefits of volunteering abroad. It is a life-changing experience for pre-med students and is an opportunity to explore the medical world and even get some hands-on involvement. It not only gives a chance to shadow doctors, see and learn procedures in some specialties from up close, and make lifelong connections, but it also gives a student the chance to see a new culture and how it influences healthcare. I had the wonderful experience of going to Haiti with a nonprofit organization called Limbs for Haiti. It was a group composed of surgeons, anesthesiologists, orthopedists, surgery residents, and OR nurses, and was led by Dr. Jean Rivier, a board-certified surgeon from Puerto Rico. I was able to assist in multiple procedures and learn so much from everyone. It's hard to explain how it impacted me in profound ways and how much it made me appreciate the resources that we have in the United States. I'm definitely planning on returning after residency and be able to contribute even more. The journey through medical school of an international medical graduate is a very different one from that of a U.S. student and is a topic in itself. One habit that optimized my productivity and led to my success so far was to surround myself with people who challenged me to be better. For example, when I was studying for USMLE Step 1, I had a friend who video called me every single day at 5.30 a.m. to make sure I was awake and studying. We established goals and even planned to take the same practice tests like NBMEs or UWorld self-assessments so that we could talk about the questions we had wrong the day after. We did not study together that much, but we did check on our progress and motivated each other. Every person is different in their ways of learning, but I found it important to switch to watching videos when I was too tired of reading. Always look for personal growth and listen to podcasts like this one in which you can learn from others' experiences. Be humble and always keep on learning. Remember, it's a privilege, but also a great responsibility to become a doctor. It seems that having a buddy system can be very efficient. I also hope we can all experience medicine abroad at one point in our life. If you have any questions for Carolina about her medical abroad experiences, you can follow her on Instagram at 
A-L-C-A-N-T-A-R-A underscore H-I-R-S-C-H. My name is Jason Avigan. I'm a fourth year medical student at NYU. And one of the really exciting things that happens when you start medical school um, was that suddenly uh, everything that you're doing, everything that you're learning is for an amazing purpose that serves your development as a doctor serves your education. And a big part of that combination is that really everything that you learn in this field for the rest of your life will help you to be a better doctor, will help you to care for your patients in the best possible way. You know, right from the beginning, uh, usually it starts out a little bit more uh, closer to some of the basic science stuff uh, in college, but it's always tied into patient care. It's tied into disease. It's tied into uh, systems of understanding that by integrating those uh, as much as you can, uh, that you will uh, better be able to uh, care for those uh, those patients. One of the things that that is a real challenge, um, uh, that has been a real challenge for me in medical school, is um, you know, on the flip side of that, if everything matters, it can be pretty scary because you, <laughs> you know, because you are right from the beginning learning things and then forgetting them. That is absolutely inevitable. There's a common metaphor that people use for medical school that it's like uh, drinking from a fire hose. Um, and there is a little bit of a kind of Zen uh, state that you eventually have to get to in realizing that when you encounter things that matter, which is all day, every day, they don't just come up once. They come up twice, three times, four times, five times, and recur every couple of weeks for the rest of your life. Um, and uh, there are some things that you feel like you should know um, in the at the beginning of medical school and that it took me until you know year three to really uh, get down. And there are many other things that I very much still don't uh, have down. But it is that tie to direct, direct patient care, um, to caring for real people, that keeps me going all the time. And so one thing that I love about my school, um, and a lot of uh, schools have similar programs, is that we have a really wonderful, really well-funded clinic. Uh, It's run by students for people without insurance. And so right from the beginning of medical school, you actually get to apply what you're learning. You get to apply it to helping people that really need it in a way that both provides for your education and provides a service that people need and wouldn't uh, get in another uh, setting. And so that connection really helped me to to see from an early from an early point how, you know, much I cared about everything that that I was learning and and <laughs> there are definitely times when I feel like I don't care about something and at times when I'm learning things that I find really not interesting. And then you just meet a patient that ties it back in. And that's a really incredible experience. It is a sigh of relief to hear that medical memory can be consolidated through patient care. I think it would be incredible for us all to get clinical experiences through student clinics. 
If you'd like to follow up with Jason about his medical experiences so far as a fourth-year medical student, you can follow him on Twitter at Jason Avigan. That's Jason, A-V-I-G-A-N. Next, we have Charlotte. Hello, my name is Charlotte Abiesi, and I'm a second-year medical student at A.T. Still University School of Osteopathic Medicine in Arizona. I'd have to say that if I were to give a TED Talk about one thing medical students should take away from their journey is taking on a growth mindset. I think med school can be really daunting at times. I sometimes explain it to people as a bully. It really pushes you down. And it's really important for medical students to take on a growth mindset, adapt, and kind of reassess every single every single decision they're making with their study habits, with how they're managing their time, what they're doing to effectively manage their physical health, their mental health, and their social connectivity to others. So taking on a growth mindset and adapting to your environment and to every single year that you're in medical school is key. I would say a big piece of advice I would give to medical students and something that they should really consider doing is taking on really effective time management skills. I think one thing that really helped me as a medical student was just learning how to craft my weeks. So that way I'm not only studying very efficiently with my time, but I'm also fitting in time to see my friends, to work out, to eat right, and having time for myself to just decompress and do what I need to do to get through medical school without feeling burnt out. So utilizing time management strategies like having a planner, having some sort of a notes app where you can hold yourself accountable, I think is so, so crucial to succeeding. I know you can do it. I believe in you. A growth mindset equipped with efficient time management skills. If you want to keep up with the Insta blog post by Charlotte, you can follow her on Instagram at checkups period with period Charlie. That's C-H-A-R-L-I-E. Next, we have someone who's currently in the Caribbean for her medical journey. Hello, everyone. My name is Mithali, aka Future Artist MD on Instagram, and I am in my third year of medical school at American University of the Caribbean. And I am here to share some insight on my medical journey. My first day of medical school was spent surviving the Category 5 Hurricane Irma. I was on the island of St. Martin for five days until the U.S. military rescued us. And then, my first semester was done in the UK. Now, with the COVID-19 pandemic, I am yet again witness to an event beyond my imagination. The lessons I've learned from this experience have helped me thrive in medical school and gave me perspective during this pandemic. Some of the lessons include adaptability, proactiveness, embracing an unknown, collaboration, acceptance, and showing appreciation through service. At the same time, one topic I want to delve into is the habit that has optimized my productivity the most during medical school, which is prioritizing active learning over passive learning. Types of active learning include asking questions, repetition, doing practice questions, and teaching others. So I'm going to go over all of these. Application is key. A simple example of application is knowing why the action potential of a muscle is done and why it is different from cardiac cells. When you understand a concept, the less you have to memorize. One way to do that is to ask questions. Everything happens for a reason. If you don't know, look it up or ask someone. 
sitting through a lecture is passive learning, but you can make it more active. If you don't understand something lecture, ask about it during the lecture or after lecture. You could also jot down questions you have during your personal study. And if you have a tutor or a professor that offers office hours, study the material and have a conversation about it. Collaborating with your colleagues about questions you have can spark interesting discussions and promote long-term retention in a healthy learning environment. After you understand the concept, you have to memorize the rest. <laughs> Repetition is key. The more you see the concept, the more you'll retain it. The key is to do it consistently every day. You can do it through Anki cards. Of course, you can make your own Anki cards and practice them on a regular basis, or you could find a pre-made Anki deck and use those. For me, I loved asking a friend to quiz me because it was a lot more interactive than doing flashcards on a screen. At the same time, at the end of each day, I would set 30 minutes to an hour just for my Anki deck cards. Practice questions are not only a good way to practice repetition application, but also to practice test taking. There is a common saying in medicine, see one, do one, teach one. It is true. Teaching is one of the best ways to solidify what you know because you have to know the material and explain it. There are different ways to approach this. For example, one of my study groups, each one of us were assigned a topic and were responsible for teaching it. This was a much more interactive way of learning as each of us became an expert of the topic and learned from each other. Another way to utilize the strategy of active learning is to become a tutor. During my second year, I started peer tutoring and really helped me refresh topics such as biochem and physiology. Overall, active learning is so much more beneficial than passive learning. Happy learning! Mitali is not just someone who optimized her study strategy, she is also very much involved with the arts. You can follow her on Instagram at future underscore artist underscore md. Next, we have Navina, who is currently a medical student in New York. Hi, listeners. My name is Navina Chitaniti, and I am a second-year medical student at New York Medical College. If someone told 17-year-old me that exactly eight years later, I was going to be in medical school, traveling often, and doing community work that I'm truly passionate about, I wouldn't have believed you. Hell, I would have even laughed at you. For 17-year-old Navina, this just wasn't in the cards. I had just immigrated from India to Jamaica, Queens a few years prior, and in search of assimilation, I got myself into a lot of trouble. I was barely passing my high school classes, hanging out with the wrong group of friends, and forgot for a while that I wanted to become a doctor since I was nine years old. I graduated high school with around a 70 average after attending PM, Saturday, Sunday, and summer school. My parents were too busy trying to keep a roof over our heads. They barely even noticed that I was slipping nor had the resources or energy to intervene. When I finally got to college, I was already way behind. I had missed out on my high school education and struggled badly with my intro biology and chemistry courses. I was also too proud to admit that. Naturally, my grades reflected that and I suddenly came to the realization that my dream of becoming a doctor might just stay as that, a mere dream, if I did not stop blaming my failures on my life circumstances and took control of my own actions. So I seeked out help. I spoke to every upperclassman I could, went to office hours, took advantage of free tutoring courses at my college, 
work for clubs and organizations I truly cared about, no matter how unconventional they seem, not just the ones I thought were going to look good on my application. And trust me, admissions committees know when you do something out of passion and something just to fill space on your resume. By the time I was ready to submit my application, did I have the most perfect grades in MCAT? No way. But I tried my very best through my words, actions, and academic interests to show medical schools that my life's calling was to be a physician. During my interviews, I was able to bring that passion for medicine to life by backing my answers to questions with real-life experiences and lessons. And then, boom, accepted to an MD program where my stats were lower than their average. Now that I'm in medical school, I still hold on to these principles. As you may know, many pre-meds and medical students fall into the type A personality where asking for help either with academics or mental health might be uncomfortable or feel like someone might judge you and your abilities. However, it is important to remember that chances are if you're going through a rough time, other students might be as well. It does not hurt to reach out, be vulnerable, and seek help when it's needed. You will actually seem more mature, responsible, and capable. Identifying weaknesses early and taking actions to rectify them is only going to help you reach your goals faster instead of trying to do everything by yourself. No one came up in life doing it alone, including me. I went from not feeling adequate enough to make it to medical school to doing incredibly well in my first year classes. I became the executive director of my school's human rights clinic, president of the American Medical Association chapter, and advocacy chair of the American Women's Medical Association chapter at my school. I still have days and weeks where I feel like I don't belong or that I'm not smart enough. But I look back at how far I've come. All the obstacles and adversities only made me more resilient. Everyone experiences roadblocks in life one way or the other, but what matters is how to rise above it and use that to fuel your drive even more. So moral of the story, do not sell yourself short. If there is a will, there is a way. Evaluate and reevaluate yourself. And don't be too proud to ask for help. And most importantly, believe in yourself. This is Navina Chittaniti, MS2 at New York Medical College, and you can reach me at N-A-V-C-I-T-Y underscore at NavCity underscore on Instagram if you ever want to chat. And best of luck on your journey. Thank you for highlighting your academic upbringing and why being resilient mattered most of all. You can find Navina on Instagram at NavCity underscore. Next, we have Rachel, a second year medical student. Hi, my name is Rachel Prey, and I'm an M2 at Nova Southeastern University College of Osteopathic Medicine in South Florida. And if I had to give a TED Talk to an audience of pre-med students about my journey through medical school, the talk would be about my mindset. Controlling my mindset and my own thoughts have been the biggest key to my success in medical school and honestly, the way that I've stayed sane in medical school. I've learned that it's really important to have grace with myself and to forgive myself if I'm not extremely productive one day. Some days you have to stop studying at 5 p.m. and you have to be okay with that and tell yourself that it's okay and then you can start again at 7 in the morning the next day strong. It's really important to stay in your lane and focus on yourself. It's a a marathon for you, not anyone else. You really need to make sure that you're not comparing yourself to others and when you do have those thoughts, you kind 
kind of let them be there, but you don't follow them and you don't give them any weight. You need to be comparing yourself to the student that you were last semester or last exam. And as I said, really do not give those thoughts any weight if you do find yourself comparing yourself to others, because that is definitely something that I struggled with. It's also really important to remember that you're in a medical school class. You're in a, gr a group of people that are incredibly smart, qualified, impressive individuals. And falling anywhere in the middle of that group or being average in a class of medical students is honestly an amazing accomplishment. And I think it's just really important to remind yourself of that and that you are not supposed to be the best person in the class. You are just supposed to be the best version of yourself. And wherever that falls in the class, you have to be able to live with that because one of the most important lessons that I've learned about my mindset in medical school and keeping my sanity and having success in medical school is accepting that my best is good enough. I will never tell myself that my best is not good enough. If I know that I studied so hard for an exam and that I did everything that I could to prepare for that exam, and if I still get an average score or if I even get a below average score, my goal is to really not be hard on myself because I gave it my all and I would never look at myself and say, your best is not good enough. You're not good enough. Another thing is it's really important to take care of your body because that directly will be taking care of your mind. And as I said, mindset and controlling my thoughts and my mind have been the biggest key to my success and my sanity, really, while in medical school. One habit that optimized my productivity and led to my success so far in medical school was making a vision board with different categories and then goals within those categories. Some of the categories that I had were academics, fitness, extracurriculars, summer, research plans, and my YouTube channel, which is called Rachel Does Balance. Um, so check that out. But under each category, I had different goals. For example, for the extracurricular category, I made this in January and the um, leadership elections for clubs were in March. So I wrote out the clubs and the leadership positions that I wanted to get. And then I had check boxes next to each goal. And then when I checked off these goals, I it was kind of a feeling of just satisfaction. And it kept me accountable, motivated. And it just made me feel good that I was actually going towards these goals. And it made me not forget them. And it was honestly insane how for a lot of the categories, I had almost every single goal checked off. And then you'll really just surprise yourself with what you're capable of and what you've accomplished. And then you can look back at this on days where maybe you're not your most productive or you don't feel your best and you can see what you have done. Of course, your worth doesn't come all from your accomplishments and finishing your goals and checking off lists, but it does kind of help in medical school because there is a lot of things to do, as we all know. One unique feature that my medical school has that supports its, student, its students are having bigs. So when you're an M1 student, you're paired up with an M2 student, and this can be really helpful. Um, you're paired up based off of your shared interests and then what you both kind of want out of the situation. Like if you only want to see each other like once a semester or if you want to see each other like once every two weeks. Um, and this is just a person that is there for you. Um, my big was great. She sent me encouraging texts before exams. She was there for me when I was super stressed out. She gave me resources, told me about which professors were doing research. And she was just an incredible resource to have friend and person that really helped me, inspired me, and motivated me. 
Thank you so much. And if you'd like to hear anything else, you can check out my YouTube channel, Rachel Does Balance. Considering that most medical students tend to be type A personalities, it often overshadows the ability to have grace with oneself. Thank you for highlighting the ways to stay sane during medical school. Also, the vision board seems to be an incredible idea. You can find Rachel on Instagram at R-A-C-H-P-R-A-Y and on YouTube at Rachel Prey. Next, we have Shubi. Yo, what's good, everyone? My name is Shubankar Joshi, better known as Shubi, and I'm a rising M2 here at the Larner College of Medicine at the University of Vermont. Basically, if I had to give a TED Talk, um, you know, <laughs> to pre-med students, uh, I would definitely tell them that um, you know, it's all about persistence and uh, this journey, the drive, the fire within you. Um, don't let that go away. And whatever you need to do to keep it going, uh, whether you need to get more kindling, um, you know, more oil to light the fuse, more oxygen for yourself, that never let that fire douse out. So one habit that definitely optimized my productivity and led to success so far in medical school um, has been uh, space repetition. And space repetition is this amazing concept that I actually didn't know about before I attended medical school. In medical school, the biggest one uh, software-wise uh, that we use is called Anki. And uh, some pre-meds might actually be uh, you know, tackling it early on and uh, because there's various MCAD decks available now. And the greatest thing about Anki is that it's actually free software that you can download uh, right now, um, as you're listening to this podcast, and uh, basically, it's it looks uh, intimidating, but there are various videos to help you navigate it on YouTube. Uh, one of the biggest ones is On King. Uh, he's been very helpful throughout medical school so far in my first year. And what it does is uh, space repetition basically helps you remember certain topics uh, quickly as well as uh, in the long term. So what that means is if you have an exam coming up in three weeks and it's cumulative. You know, sometimes what we do is just review one week at a time, and then you might forget the next week uh, as you're reviewing the last week. So that, like, you know, that kind of happens. But with space repetition, what will happen is you'll see topics from the previous week come up in the week you're currently reviewing so that you can keep those topics in mind as you're reviewing. And since uh, no medical school has this euphemism of uh, basically your uh, the amount of information you're getting is drinking from a water hydrant so and uh it's a little intimidating at first but definitely uh i would invest some time looking into these and i know some of my classmates do and actually use it and they've been doing fine too so definitely find what works and what works well for you and the best time to do so is um you know during uh your pre-med years as well if you start early on i wish i knew about it when i was a pre-med I think a unique feature here at the Larner College of Medicine has been just, uh, you know, the family support uh, that I felt uh, being in Vermont, even though I'm from Boston and my family still lives near Boston. I feel like the support structure here at Larner College of Medicine has been tremendous. And anytime I needed help for something, either my friends, my classmates would step up uh, to help me out. Or even um, if I had a question about class, my professors are always easily accessible via email if not office hours as you know covid permitted during the first year and now since we'll be back on campus uh, that'll be more available for the first year students that are coming uh in august and i think just having the support structure there really helps you to succeed because uh it can be a lonely journey you know going through medical school especially during a pandemic uh that was very intimidating at first but quickly finding your support structure and your um, friends and uh, professors that will help you through the journey was really key for me. 
basically we all got into medical school. So now let's all help each other try and succeed and, you know, and let's all become doctors at the end of the day. Space repetition can be utilized by med students and pre-meds alike. To learn more about Shuby's medical journey on how he kept his burning passion for medicine, you can follow him on Instagram at shubidoobidoo1. And I'm not kidding, it's uh, shubi, S-H-U-B-I-D-O-O-B-Y-D-O-O-1. <laughs> Pretty interesting name. For our final medical student, we have Ruby. Hi, my name is Ruby and I'm a third year medical student. And I was asked if I were to give a TED talk to an audience of pre-med students about my medical journey, what I would talk about. And there are two main things. The first thing is that things don't always go according to plan. You can have the best, most airtight plan ever and it still might fail. There are always going to be these outside factors that you can't control and all you can do is what you can with what you have. Um, especially in my first year of medical school, I struggled a lot with things not going according to plan and things not turning out the way I expected. And I learned that, and I'm still learning, that things don't always turn out the way you think they will, but that doesn't mean that they're any less beautiful. And everything you go through causes you to grow. You know, the obstacle is the way. Everything that happens to you shapes you, and probably for the better. I think you should expect to grow and change in medical school, and that's one of the best things about it. The other thing is that I truly believe that comparison is the thief of joy. You are going to find yourself in a class of amazing other students, and you might even be used to being, you know, the best best student in your school and now suddenly you're going to be surrounded by a hundred or two hundred of other best students and that can be really hard it can be really hard to go from being a big fish in a little pond to being a normal fish in a big pond and it's just really important to remember that over 50,000 people apply to medical school every year and less than half of those actually get in and the admissions committees are selecting from thousands of students, um, handpicking their, you know, 100 or 200 people in their class. And each person that they pick, they chose because they exhibited certain qualities that they wanted to foster in that class. You know, they're curating the class. And so you were chosen out of thousands of people because you have some unique skills or unique characteristics that this school wants. So no matter how you're doing on your tests or what your scores are, you're important. You're supposed to be there. They wanted you there out of all the people that applied. And so it doesn't really make any sense to compare yourself to the people around you because you were probably all chosen for different reasons. Before I got to medical school, I was People scared me and they would tell me, you know, you're not going to have time for anything in medical school except for studying. Like you'll maybe have one hour a day to do things other than studying. And I couldn't disagree with this more. I think that you need to decide what you want your life to look like and make it happen. I think that's the, really the habit that has allowed me to succeed in medical school is trying to find balance. And that's something I'm still working on. I think everyone is still working on achieving balance, especially in the medical profession. But 
It's just so important to do things for yourself, do things that make you happy, do things that um, are interesting that aren't just medical because if all you do is study, all you do is focus on medicine, you're going to burn out and life is long. The path to medicine is long. And so try to find the things that you enjoy and experiment, try different things. And forgive yourself when you don't meet your own expectations. Because sometimes, sometimes you are not going to do as well as you want to. And you just need to give yourself grace because medicine is hard and you were chosen to be here. So that's the moral of the story is remember that you were chosen to be here. You belong here and you're going to do great. The obstacle is the way. That is something many of your listeners, including myself, can resonate with. Also, comparison is the thief of joy. Here, here. Thank you for dropping quotes that are very much well-founded and a very good way to end this episode. You can follow Ruby on Instagram for a hint of inspiration and clinical rotation updates at Ruby in Medicine. All right, a big thank you to all the rock star medical students who, despite their busy schedule, agreed to be featured. We are incredibly delighted to have shared their responses with you. And another thank you to all you lovely homo sapiens who dropped by Doctors in to hear this special episode. For our information and show notes, please visit our website at www.doctorsinpodcast.com and follow our socials at Doctors in Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.